Welcome to the Divorce Tribe Podcast. My name is Luke Mydell, and I created this weekly podcast to provide support and healing as you navigate the daily trials that accompany divorce. I have been where you are, I have walked that lonely road, and I'm hoping to share what I have learned and what I am still learning through others. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. everybody. It has been a bit since my last episode. Things have been hectic with work and kids and dating. And speaking of dating, welcome to episode 23, 100 First Dates, the Dating Sequel. Dun, dun, dun! Yes, we're back to that wonderful topic of dating post-divorce. If you remember from my last episode on dating, I focused largely on those 50 first dates after divorce, being safe when meeting new people, which apps to use, how to know when you're ready to date, and especially being cautious because people lie, lie, lie on dating apps. If you remember, one of those stories involved me planning to date with a gal who ended up being married, even though she had claimed to be divorced for a couple years. Well, I've had many more first dates since that episode, and I've also had second dates and third dates and fourth dates, and so on and so forth. So my focus this episode is what to do when you start moving beyond those initial dates and start dating seriously. You know, going steady, being exclusive, wearing his letterman jacket, uh, or whatever people do. My goal this episode is to prepare you for the agony and the ecstasy of serious dating. Because there will be both. There will be both agony and ecstasy. But before we delve into that, it's time for story time, where I discuss the current book I'm reading, and hopefully how it applies to today's episode. In most of the memoirs I've written of divorce stories, they have chapters or sections on their dating experiences. For example, Theo Pauline Nestor talks about reconnecting with her high school flame and traveling to spend time with him. At the end of the trip, quote, A day and a half later, I travel back along the same path. A truck, a boat, a bus, a boat, a car. I travel with the foggy cheer of someone newly in love and with the innocence of someone who has no notion of how tedious this trip would be as a regular commute. I replay scenes of bliss in my mind. Our parting was tender but wrenching. When will we see each other again? How will this possibly work? What will I tell the kids? End quote. And then later spending time all together and then taking trips to Mexico together. But near the end of the book, Theopoline Nestor says, quote, The distance between Marco's house and mine seemed to lengthen as the obstacles between us multiplied. Our visits grew further and further apart until, at last, the relationship ended. I can't forget, though, how he cared for me as a girl and as a woman, and how he stood beside me in court the day my divorce became final. He made me feel loved when I felt unlovable, and because of all this, I'll continue to think of him as part of my inner circle, even if we're no longer together." End quote. The author brings in a few aspects of new relationships that are so novel to many recent divorcees, 
At the beginning, she talks about the foggy cheer of someone newly in love, talks about a tender and wrenching parting after their first trip together. She also talks about how she introduces him as an old high school friend rather than a boyfriend to her kids. That's spot on when you start dating someone after divorce. You're worried about how it will impact your kids. You don't want your kids getting attached to a new someone every month. So really, you should only introduce them when you're serious. Of all the people I've dated post-divorce, my kids have only met a couple of them. In addition, my divorce decree even states that we will not introduce our kids to significant others until we've been dating for around six months. I think this is really smart for the sake of your children. You don't want them meeting a new person every three months as you cycle through new relationships. I've heard a lot about heartache as kids are introduced to new significant others within weeks of the divorce and are expected to integrate into new families when they're still struggling with losing their family as they knew it. As for the excitement, when you've been married for decades without stepping outside of that marriage, of course, that first exclusive relationship, that first time you go steady, can be exhilarating. You go from being in a steady relationship for 15 or so years, and all of a sudden you're dealing with dating again. You're going on a lot of first dates, some second dates, some third dates. But when you start getting past the fourth date territory, things change a bit. That's when you might experience that first kiss feeling that you forgot about. That excitement and nervousness in your chest when you see that person again. Now, it's exciting, but it's also petrifying. My first quote-unquote relationship after divorce was interesting and probably outside the norm. Yes, I was excited. I was exhilarated even. But I also knew somewhere in the back of my mind that she wasn't really my type, that this was kind of a practice run for me. I didn't expect it to turn into anything significant, but I was dating and I wanted to try it out. I experienced that first kiss. I experienced that feeling of excitement when I saw her. But one thing I didn't ever do was introduce her to my kids. I was reserving that for when things were really serious. And after a bit, I knew things weren't going to be that serious. But it did give me confidence, and it gave me a fun person to go on a road trip with to Vegas, even though I was pretty sure things weren't going to be serious. We went kayaking below Lake Mead, uh, this was before all the bodies started showing up on the shrinking shores. We went on a sunset horseback ride. It was a lot of fun. And to be honest, I just needed a weekend away. And I can do that with pretty much anyone and have fun. Soon after the trip, maybe even the day after, we called it quits. And it was a mutual thing. We were both... Uh, realized that this wasn't going anywhere. What's funny is that I wasn't even bothered by this, which I don't think is typical of first relationships that end after divorce. But like I said, I felt it was kind of a trial run, and I think we both walked away happy from that. That's kind of a best-case scenario, when neither person is tied that emotionally to the relationship. It's weird to say that that's a best-case scenario. So, barring that best-case scenario... What are some things to consider when you've passed those initial first dates and you are getting into your first real relationship? Well, first off, hopefully you've done some work and you're at a point where you are healthily dating. And that could vary wildly between different people. 
Some people have lengthy divorces, and so they start dating well before the actual paperwork goes through. And other people find out about infidelity or their ex decides to leave them suddenly, and they are all of a sudden divorced within a couple months. The person who is still not divorced could be in a much healthier place than the person who is divorced. So there aren't any hard, fast rules, but here are a few reasons not to jump into a relationship too soon. One, if you're looking to find someone to help with the financial side of things, probably not a good rule to get into a relationship because of that. You won't don't want to date someone just because you're struggling to make ends meet financially. You can choose to date people who are comfortable or even well off, but if you want to get into a relationship solely because of that, that is more likely to start on the wrong foot. Another re reason not to jump into a relationship too soon. To distract yourself from the pain and anguish of your divorce without allowing yourself time and therapy to heal. Dating is distracting. It helps hide all that healing that hasn't happened yet. It helps cover that pain with excitement so you aren't having to deal with it. But ultimately, that stuff will come up and you'll have to deal with it. Uh, another option to find a new parent for your kids. Not really a great idea uh, to date just to find someone to help with your kids. And then another one to get back at your ex who is in a relationship. Well, they're in a relationship. I'm going to get in one and show them that I am going to date the heck out of this guy or this gal. Um, yeah, not really great reasons to jump into a relationship too soon. Then there are relationships post-divorce that are helpful in moving on with your life. Healing from your divorce is a multi-year process that involves so many different aspects. To be 100% healed from your divorce before you start dating is to never date again. But if you can realize that dating is part of that healing process, that you are entering relationships for the right reason, that you've healed enough to be in a healthy relationship while also realizing that a relationship won't hinder that healing either. So even though I had that initial first relationship post-divorce, I viewed it as a practice run. The next relationship was the one I would categorize as my first real relationship where I cared about someone again. And I had actually been chatting with this person before my first relationship, but we had never gone on a date. So it was easy to pick back up and set up a date really quick. Now, the only reason I felt good doing this is because I wasn't distraught over my first relationship ending. So that's my first tip about dating seriously post-divorce. Don't rush into another relationship immediately post-divorce. Allow yourself time to get to a healthy place. For me, the appropriate amount of time, uh, not post-divorce, but after my first relationship, was immediately. But that's not always the case. So I started dating this gal, and I was cautious. But I was also really into her. I experienced that third date kiss. I experienced having the relationship talk, and I was enjoying spending a lot of time with her, which is difficult post-divorce when you have kids. Yes, I still had doubts. I've always had doubts. I've never been 100% certain of uh, anyone I've dated. But eventually, this gal told me over a video message that she loved me. <sighs> 
probably my only regret from this relationship was feeling pressured to say I love you back when I didn't really feel the same way at the time. So tip number two about dating seriously post-divorce, don't feel pressured into moving too fast. Don't feel pressured into moving in together or saying you love them or doing anything you're not ready for. I made the mistake of saying it back, and honestly, I eventually got to the point where I meant it. You know, there's many different levels of love, and I came to love this gal at some level, but it also messed with my head. I don't think I was actually healed from my divorce, and I ended up just losing myself in this relationship. I viewed it as more than it was, and I ended up ignoring some of those red flags that I wouldn't have ignored otherwise. For example, a couple months into this relationship, she came over one evening and was in tears because of some struggles that her kids were having. I gave her a hug, and we sat down with, and I sat down with her on the couch, and she just went over all this stuff that was going on. And then she said that she had come over to break up with me, but then she had changed her mind because she deserved happiness as well. Now, you know, I was happy <laughs> with that, but it really should have been an indicator that she wasn't ready for the relationship. I wanted it to continue, so I ignored that, even though I knew that if she was ready to break up with me over that, then she would likely just put it off until something else happened that made her question whether she could juggle work, the relationship, kids. So we continued dating. We introduced kids. We hung out with our young kids at the trampoline park. We met each other's families. Eventually, she said she needed a couple weeks to focus on work. We met up a few times. I brought her lunch a few times. But I could see what was coming. It didn't make it any easier when we broke up. Even though I knew that she wasn't right for me. Now, this was tough. It was really tough. The first real breakup of my first serious relationship post-divorce. I went through some of the same emotions and feelings that I went through with my divorce, and the pain and sorrow was really surprising. I had gone through the breakup of my 15-year marriage and all of a sudden, I was thrust back into the same emotions and sorrow that I thought I was healing from. A correction that I was healing from, but to experience some of that same pain when you've gone through the difficulty and pain of a divorce was unexpected. Now, that's my tip number three. The pain and sorrow of a real breakup post-divorce can be unexpected and can thrust you into the same type of pain and sorrow that you experience from your divorce. It can also bring up the same emotions that you were healing from. So even though you're breaking up with one person, some of the same emotions of the divorce can rise up as well. So have your divorce tribe ready. Have them, those close friends and family, ready because this can be an emotional time that you're not ready for. That's just really a warning that breakups can be unexpectedly hard post-divorce. So... After this breakup, did I immediately start dating again? No, I had learned from my mistake of dating three months after divorce when I wasn't ready. See the first dating episode I did. And I took quite a bit of time off. What's hard about a breakup after you've been dating a while is that this new person starts becoming part of your life. You think about them when you are sad and when you want to call them when you feel like they need your help. 
Your free nights were filled with spending time with them. Your kids meet them. Your kids maybe meet their kids and become friends, which is what happened in this case. And suddenly you were back where you were before. Nothing to fill those nights when you used to date. Post-divorce, you still have your kids, you still have your work, and then there's a gap where that relationship used to be. Now, some people rush from relationship to relationship, filling that gap, never healing from each heartache, each break. But instead of rushing back into dating, I took some time in therapy. And I stopped dating for probably a good six months. I came up with some new goals to improve myself because I realized that I had become stuck in a loop. I was still doing good things, taking care of my kids, doing the laundry, keeping the house clean, uh, keeping the house cleanish. Well, keeping the house from falling apart at the seams. But in all those things, I still felt stagnant, like I wasn't progressing. So those goals involve both physical, mental, spiritual activities so I could progress. I took a mindfulness class that was amazing at reducing my stress and was able to provide me with some mental tools to help cope with life in general. I started training for another triathlon. Six months later, I eventually felt healthy enough to start dating again. So like tip number one, this is tip number four, very similar. Just like in divorce, take some time to heal from your breakups. That time should be reflective of how long it takes to heal from any specific breakup, whether it's no time at all, like my first relationship post-divorce, to six months for my second relationship post-divorce. Now, let me move on to another aspect of dating seriously post-divorce. In this situation, you are dealing with two different people who, depending on how old you are, have likely gone through hell in their own way. We are bringing our own baggage, our own struggles, our own preconceived notions of relationships into a new situation. You have people who have dealt with infidelity or abuse and who have triggers that bring up trauma. I was talking to a friend a few months ago who experienced some negatives in her marriage near the end that involved cell phones, secret conversations, and to be honest, I've talk to multiple people who have had this experience in their marriage. Well, this friend was sitting with her boyfriend when her boyfriend started receiving messages and his cell phone was on a table beside the couch and he was looking over and checking his messages and she couldn't see what he was doing. It immediately triggered this trauma reaction in her and she started crying. Her boyfriend asked what was wrong and she explained what was going on. She was mad that she was angry that she was starting not to trust him. But she also explained that she had no reason not to trust him, but that because of the things that she had done in her marriage and the way in which her marriage had ended, she immediately was pushed back into those memories and thoughts. That's tip number four. When dating after divorce, people are bringing more traumas into relationships because of past relationships, past traumas from childhood, past traumas from everything they've gone through in life. Be kind and aware of both your own traumas and those of the person you get into a relationship with so you can learn and grow from them and with them. So when you're in a new relationship, you may feel nervous. You wonder if the other person is going back to their old boyfriend because of past experiences you've had. 
you realize that you have to learn to trust a new person because the people you date aren't the same as someone else you dated. So what are some of those triggers that you know might experience uh, because of your past? Well, trust triggers uh, are a, a common one because of stuff that former spouses, former partners did like infidelity, secret texts, emotional affairs, those sorts of things. Um, another one are expectations that differ from your partner's expectations. If you don't talk about your expectations and their expectations, then when your expectations don't align, it can trigger resentment or anger. Talk about your expectations of the relationship. What are your expectations around intimacy, around paying for dates, around setting up dates? What about meeting family? What about overnight trips? Talk about all these things so you aren't surprised with some big relationship expectations that don't end up aligning. Uh, another one, time spent together. When you're in a relationship, you need to spend time together to grow that relationship. This is tough after divorce because you're dealing with kids, with work schedules, with people who have families and friends, and all of that is important. You're trying to balance all these things in your life. And you're also trying to make time to spend together when your time is already finite. When a partner isn't able to make time for you, it can make you wonder if they care about you as much as you care about them, even if that's far from the truth. Another trigger, previous childhood drama, when you've dealt with a toxic caregiver or had some challenging experiences as a kid. And then really anything uh, can be a trigger. Lack of communication, certain words, certain music. There are still songs that the Dixie Chicks sing that bring me back to an early relationship I had brings me back to spending time with this one gal in her bedroom and just having this Dixie Chicks song, this Dixie Chicks uh, album play on repeat on her CD player while she cried. Um, even certain calendar dates can be triggers. Past anniversaries, past birthdays, anniversaries of when you found out about infidelity, reminders on Facebook, but they don't need to have a negative impact on new relationships. That's why communication is so important. That's why therapy is important. Help you recognize those traumas in your past and learn to deal with them. To learn how to communicate with your significant other when something is triggered. It's so important in a new relationship. In a new relationship. So I took some time off. I took six months. Then I got back out there much wiser, much more cautious. I eventually met a gal who had moved from California she was great. She was an amazing cook, fun to hang out with. We had a lot of fun, but I felt like I wasn't ready to start dating seriously. Yet we started dating exclusively, and after a couple months, we broke up, and I took another month off. Yippity skippity. Can I just say something? Dating after divorce is so hard. You're trying to find that perfect situation where you like the person as much as they like you, but you don't want to show all your cards necessarily because that could scare them off. And then you don't want them to show all their cards because that could scare you off. Make, maybe you like them a bit and they like you a lot or you like them a lot and they like you a bit or it fluctuates. And so we're all out there trying to find that situation where the stars align. And even more, we're trying to do that with trauma over past relationships with the limited time we have. 
It is tough out there. <laughs> if you're thinking about getting divorced just so you can date other people, I'd highly advise against it as a good reason for divorce. Now, I've dated a few other gals where we got really close. And until you have that exclusivity talk, then you should be dating others, going on those first and second dates, seeing which personalities you click with, and which ones you are better off without. And eventually you meet people you want to focus on, the good ones. That's the beauty of relationships. You respect others, you respect their decisions, you respect their beliefs. And if things don't work out, then you can make those decisions. Dating is fun. Dating is scary. Relationships are fun. Relationships are scary. Learn what you want from relationships, what you value. Work on loving yourself. Relationships can be great when they complement your life, when the person helps you become better. One last point. When parents and family get involved, if you have loving, kind, caring parents, then they will have opinions about who you date. If you have parents who are around, even if they aren't that attentive and kind, then they'll still probably have opinions about who you date. You may agree with those opinions, or you may disagree with those opinions, but the choice is all up to you. A lot of the time we get caught up in what we want a relationship to be, and we lose sight of what it really is. And other times we know what we want, and our parents believe they know what is best for us as well. They've experienced life, they have certain beliefs, but as with everything, this is your decision to make. So if you trust your parents, take into consideration what they tell you, but take it with a grain of salt. Um, so to summarize some of the tips provided during this uh, sequel episode, one, don't rush into another relationship immediately after your divorce. Give yourself some time to heal. Two, don't feel pressured into moving too fast, whether it's too fast to kiss someone, whether it's too fast to start going steady, uh, whether it's too fast to wear his letterman jacket. Don't feel pressured into moving too fast. Move at your own pace. That's important. Three, the pain and sorrow of a real breakup post-divorce can be unexpected and can thrust you into the same type of pain and sorrow that you experienced from your divorce. So be ready for that. Have your divorce tribe ready so that they can help you and support you when those same emotions and feelings come up. Uh, tip number four, just like in divorce, take some time to heal from your breakups. That time should be reflective of how long it takes to heal from any specific breakup, whether, you know, like my first relationship, it was no time, uh, or like my second relationship, it was a long, longer time, uh, six months. And then five, when dating after divorce, people are bringing more traumas into relationship because of past relationships. Be kind, be aware of both your traumas, be kind and aware of the traumas that your uh, partner is bringing into that relationship so you can both learn and grow. And then six, finally, just as dating is hard, relationships post-divorce can be even more difficult. So don't expect to find a perfect land of Oz at the end of the yellow brick road of dating. It's still work. It still has its ups and downs. But as you work through it, it can be really fulfilling. Thank you for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe. 
leave a review and share it with others who could use support and healing. Visit thedivorcetribe.com for more resources to help you through your divorce and follow me at The Divorce Tribe on Instagram to be notified when new episodes and content are released. Remember, you are not alone. We are part of the same tribe, The Divorce Tribe. Until next time.